San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, LA County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB or tune in radio, you can hear the show as it airs on any device. And of course, all these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. Now, time to introduce the main man of the hour, the CPA extraordinary, accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing great, Joe. I'm happy to be back in town. I've been jetting all over the Yes, globe. you have. Wow. And uh, tell us about it. You were in, uh, for Thanksgiving again? Well, I actually just got back from Beverly Hills, which is where I went after Hawaii, and then before that Oceanside. So Hawaii was the Hawaii Tennis Open, my wife Mary's tennis tournament in Honolulu. Right. Um, the champion this year was last year's finalist, Fei Zhuang, China's number one player. She, number one player in China. She defeated the number one player out of South Korea, Su Zhong. Wow. So that was big international news. Mm-hmm. Got great TV ratings on the tennis channel. And mm-hmm. the number one Chinese player plays the number one South Korean since the countries don't necessarily love one another. So mm-hmm. that was huge, huge international I think we news. Need great to, tournament. How about a tennis match between uh, Kim Jong-un and Trump? That would be good. I'd, be I would yeah, watch, I don't think either, I, either guy can hit the I'd ball. watch three points of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, and then before that, of course, we had the Oceanside Turkey Trot, named by the Los Angeles Times as one of the top five turkey trots in the country. We had almost 10,000 runners, about 15,000 people. The weather was halfway decent. I think it hit 80 at the beach on Thanksgiving Day in Oceanside. Oh, wasn't it great? Raised yeah. tens of thousands, maybe 100,000 bucks for about 65 to 70 local charities up in Oceanside. I ran the 10K in a nine-pound turkey costume. Getting the gold medal in the turkey division. Yes, you were the fastest turkey. I was the fastest turkey across the finish line. (laughs) And then sped down to the airport where we parked the car with the valet to jump on the flight to Hawaii. The valet said, what on earth is out on the back seat? I said, it's a turkey costume. What do you think it is? Well, next next year, we're going to have a sprint between you and the famous chicken. What do you think of that? Yeah, I tell people I'm the second most foul mascot in the history of San Diego. (laughs) We just had ten on the show. By the way, Dick Enberg is going to inter- on, uh, after after I interviewed the ch- after we interviewed the chicken. Actually, we re-ran it on Thanksgiving. We ran it on Thanksgiving uh, Saturday. We re-ran it. It's a sh- it's a show from a couple of years, but it's, it's yeah. a great story. Anyway, Dick Enberg has a podcast now, and he's going to interview Ted at my suggestion. So that's going to be a, a good show. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, so we all caught up with. Uh, that's me. How about you? Okay. What'd you do for Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving, Joseph? our our wonderful. Uh, Former guests, uh, both Michelle and Bill. Uh, Multi-time guests. Yeah, Bill Lyric and Michelle Chickaree Lyric, they, uh, they had their uh, annual feast, and I really did overdo it this year. <laughs> Typically, I was more disciplined, but uh, couldn't get off the couch for two and a half hours. I, had, I watched the last of that, the last football game, and uh, just uh, was a veg. But uh, anyway, it was wonderful. It's always a pleasure to see them and be at their beautiful place that they, they share so generously with so many causes and people all the time. And, and I'm sure there will be some events throughout the year that we can announce. And then also I want to thank Denise Willette Freeman, who invited me to the San Diego Nice Skies uh, uh, cruise, uh, flagship cruise. It was actually last Friday. Um, they installed the new president, Vince Bartolotta, who's a recent guest on yeah, the show, famed attorney. Yep. And congrats to him and, and the outgoing president, Todd Carlson, who did a magnificent job. And uh, the, this show is airing Saturday. I believe they're doing their annual event down at the – Former Q, now the SDCCU Stadium. 
they do a big giveaway to uh, 3,000 families or whatever uh, with gifts and, and food and things, and uh, it's one of their best events of the year. That event, that, that organization, they've raised about and given away about $19 million uh, since 1979. We could talk to Jay Paris later on about this, but um, no overhead, no staff. They do it all themselves, these business people, and uh, it's just a wonderful organization. So thank you, Denise, and it was a lot of fun. Now on with the show, Richard. Yeah. As you know. I think 20- we're here to do a show. Yeah. As you know, 2018 is uh, going to be the year where Prop 64 takes effect mm-hmm. because it, it passed with overwhelming support last November. And that's when cannabis is going to become legal for adult use, in addition to the medical uses, which have been ongoing for a few years. Yep. So Voter turnout was high, Jim. Yes. So uh, very good, Richard. <laughs> I was waiting for your bad joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say the other one now? The show's no, going no, to pot? No, no. You know, I wasn't going to say that. You were the show's s- not going to pot. Okay. Anyway. Look at all the awards. <laughs> Quite anyway, the contrary. Anyway, so uh, tonight for the, on the show, we have a couple of experts in the cannabis industry. They're from a company called Outco and, and the Outliers uh, Collective out in El Cajon. We have the CEO, um, Lincoln Fish here. Hello, Lincoln. Hi, and nice to be on. Okay, and we have his director of cultivation, Dr. Allison Justin. Welcome, Allison. Thank you for having me. Great. So let's start with Link and get into your background a little bit and then how you formed the company, et cetera. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, it's uh, kind of a funny story, actually. I'm a uh, pretty much a pure business guy. I've had a number of different uh, entrepreneurial ventures. Uh, my, we could talk about your, you know, where you went to high school, college, and degree. yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a long-term San Diegan, and you were born uh, here. I was uh, no. I, we moved here when I was one, well, <laughs> so I was close to a native as you can get without being one. Uh, wow. And uh, I went to school. I grew up in University City. Went to uh, Spreckles Elementary and Stanley Junior High, and then I went to Gompers for, uh, uh, which was at the time a math, science, computer, magnet school. That was when magnets just wow. started getting hot. So when, um, where was that? Where was Gompers? Southeast like San Diego. Okay. Yeah, and it was a. Phenomenal experience. Some of those people today are still some of my closest friends. Great yeah. experience. Uh, and then I decided to go to school back east. I was really interested in pursuing uh, a business program. I've had my my first business when I was 12. So I really just uh, wanted to focus on business. What was and, your business? The newspapers? Or what? Uh, when I was 12, well, I wanted, there was something I wanted particularly. I, was, I think it was a, a I can't remember what the item was, but I said to my dad, hey, can I have some money for this? And he said, you know, you should just, you know, go cut lawns for the neighbors. And I cut about three lawns and I thought, well, this is for jumps. It's too much work. <laughs> so I started getting other kids to cut the hire, lawns for hire. me and I would go and make the deals. Oh, and, outsourcing. Huckleberry Finn. Well, man. eventually I had four, 14 kids cutting lawns for me all wow. over <laughs> all over University City. And you know, you remind me of Warren Buffett. I just heard him get interviewed last Sunday and, you know, same thing, a lot of business as a young kid and, uh, you know, got the business bug and obviously... Uh, and that's, yeah, so so I mentioned that because that's, I decided to go to uh, University of Pennsylvania Wharton Business School uh, and... Uh, you went undergrad and grad? Uh, yeah, you wow. matriculate through. And it was a terrific experience, and uh, then I came back home. I mean, wow. when, you're, when you're from San Diego, it's hard to not come back home to San so, Diego. So first thing out of college, what would you do? Uh, first thing out of college, I well, for about two years, I worked for a uh, group that built, uh, that did conferences and so forth for uh, technology uh, companies and mm-hmm. whatnot. That was just to kind of gain a little experience, and then two years in, that was the only time in my life that I haven't work for myself or started my so own business in the, in the 80s or so yeah 80s or yeah 90s. and uh and then uh in 84 i or 80 uh, i'm sorry that would have been 86 mm-hmm. i founded a company called real health laboratories um we're still uh are 
uh, we make nutritional supplements. Our products are still, uh, like the prostate product is still the number one nutritional supplement in prostate in the market in the United States. Um, built that uh, uh, business up. We ended up selling that off. Uh, you did that locally here, right? I did that locally okay. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were in, uh, it was actually, we ended up buying a building in San Ysidro. In fact, it relates to this because mm-hmm. the gentleman that I rented our first uh, office from, 400 square foot office, <laughs> Um, and we had a little holding company that it was called TGR. And if anybody asks what TGR stood for, I said, well, it's like trans global resources. What it really <laughs> stood for was two guys in a room. <laughs> and, and, uh, and now we're three guys, uh, uh, we're four yeah, guys yeah. in a gallon of room here. There's this is five about of us in total. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we, uh, but we built that business up and we ended up, so we rented a 400 square foot office. Two years later, I bought a 40,000 square foot building down in San Ysidro. Mm. Uh, and the gentleman I bought that from, and I have been friends for all these years, uh, and he's the one who got me into cannabis. So I had a couple other companies along the way. I started mm-hmm. a uh, company with some partners in healthcare technology, mm-hmm. and we merged with a big company out of the Midwest. Um, and that's uh, it's called Avenine Health. They're based in Mission Valley. We have about 400 employees, so that's a pretty mm. good size operation. What is, and what do they do? Uh, Avenine uh, does uh, two things. They, we do technology for, I say we, I'm not part of it anymore, mm-hmm. but we do technology for hospitals to drive workflow in the back end in the mm. whole uh, administrative mm. process and also patient portion collections. When it's all about efficiency, can. right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Mm. And so one day while I was doing that, we had grown to a certain size and I was frankly getting a little bored. Uh, and we had done this big merger and whatnot. And uh, my buddy who I rented that first space from uh, basically said, hey, let's go have lunch. I want you to talk about what, what I'm doing. I want to tell you what I'm doing now. And mm. Let's, you know, we, let's leave that cliffhanger right there, though, because we have got to take a little break, and we're going to come back with Link Fish, CEO of Alco, and Dr. Allison Justice, Director of Cultivation. Hang on, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. Green Acres, Richard I, likes that I know song. all those words, but I won't sing them. Oliva. We uh, appreciate that, Richard. Thank you. What a great show, wasn't it? Eddie, Al- Eddie Albert and uh, Ava Gabor, right? Ava Gabor. Anyway, and Link Fish and Dr. Allison Just is back with them. Link, you were telling us about going to lunch and how you got involved or enticed yeah. into the industry. So, so tell us. Uh, so my buddy Mark and I went to lunch and he said, "Hey, we uh, he was he's a commercial real estate guy and his partner was a a, a contractor, um, very successful contractor and." And uh, they had bought a building, and their plan was to buy buildings that could be licensed out for dispensaries after learning something about the the business and then basically acting as landlords. And then they kind of changed their mind and decided to open a dispensary. Now, this particular property used to be a dispensary called Mother Earth. It was actually the first legal dispensary in San Diego. Now, this is for medical... Medical marijuana. When it first passed. When it first passed. Well... What year was that? Well, California passed the something called uh, Prop 215, the Compassionate Care Act in 92, I believe. Mm -hmm. And then they had uh, Prop 420, uh, which uh, which modified that act. But the first dispensary in San Diego County opened, I believe it was 2011. It was called Mother Earth Collective. God, it took all that time to get to the first... Yeah, well, I mean, there were people operating already under these rules, but it was the first time anyone had done a licensed one because Uh, the county uh, sort of reluctantly voted to allow licensed dispensaries. uh, Okay. So these guys opened, and then the feds had sent a letter to everybody and said... Hey, uh, as a landlord, you could be liable if uh, uh, if your dispensary is shut down. We might come after you. And they never did go after anybody, but it scared a whole lot of landlords. Mm-hmm. And Mother Earth, I, I, I know a couple of landlords in San Diego. They went after. 
Well, this is late. That's later, Richard. Later, I'm right. talking about this is back in 2011. So that was okay. uh, saber rattling. That's a little different now. It's mostly at the city level that they're sure. going after, yeah, not right. the feds. The feds have never gone after a landlord, right. basically. So the um, just Tommy Chong, which we'll talk about later. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so so in any event, um, in 2013 they they shut down. And or 2012, I guess it was. Mm -hmm. And then my friend bought the building and Mm -hmm. he was going to have uh, he was going to uh, rent it out to somebody else. And then they decided to go ahead and open their own dispensary called Outliers Collective. It was uh, based on they liked the Malcolm Gladwell book Outliers and Mm -hmm. felt that that was an appropriate uh, term. uh, term. Mm -hmm. So they opened Outliers Collective about a year, a little less than a year in. Uh, Mark said, let's go have lunch. And we sat down and had lunch and he said, hey, guess what I'm doing now? And we talked about it. And here's the thing. I was a nerd in college. I never used this stuff. Uh, and I was one, I was frankly, I was one of those people who I'd see a drug bust at the border and mm-hmm. I think, you know, hey, they caught some, caught some drug dealers. Now, mm-hmm. of course, I look at it and think, wait, that's inventory. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, but uh, long story short, he said, listen, Go home and do your research on this before you kind of make a judgment. We need somebody to run this, and uh, and you know he felt that I was a good uh, guy for that. My nutritional supplement background and so forth. So I went home and I did do a lot of reading and very quickly learned just how much hypocrisy is involved and how amazing it really is. Mm. And I felt foolish for not even yeah. understanding that before. Yeah. That and I will say, there's. I don't believe in signs generally. I don't look for those kinds of things. But five mornings in a row, no joke, five mornings in a row, I woke up, looked at the clock, and it was four twenty. I swear to God. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I thought, okay, that's got me a little something, right? <laughs> that's so in amazing. any event, any event, I said, you know what? I'm not. I, I was just kind of at a point where uh, I wanted a change, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, sure, I'll come on. And then we actually formed a parent company, Outco mm-hmm. Laboratories. And uh, we continued to run the dispensary, but then we started to move forward to build uh, cultivation and, uh, and extraction capability and so forth. Very quickly, I recognized that the industry is full of people who are uh, self, self-described experts. Mm-hmm. If I meet one more master grower, I'll yeah. shoot myself. <laughs> well, it must be like the craft beer industry. Too, you know? And so we started looking around and saying, who's, and I don't really care if they were from the industry or not, but who is a real expert? Like right. who really understands this stuff? And one of my first hires, and by far and away, one of my most significant hires is sitting right next to me, Dr. Allison Justice, mm. a PhD from Clemson in mm-hmm. horticulture. She was already doing some consulting uh, with uh, some cannabis companies, but she pretty much grew up in a greenhouse, and she can talk about that. Mm-hmm. But one of the most significant things she said to me, you know, every cannabis facility she's been in, they completely overwater. And it was really funny because I had talked to a bunch of people who were in facilities that, well, you know, you put these nutrients in, then you have to, you know, put a lot more water in because the plants will get yellow and all that. And she mm-hmm. said, they just don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And it was very clear that Allison was going to be a key part of our future. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've made some other, uh, some excellent hires. We have a PhD in organic chemistry who runs our extraction operation. We take a, we bring a lot of science to the table, and uh, that's kind of how we're positioning Outgo. Well, they, yeah, but I, I noticed, um, you know, because the history in Colorado is longer, and I've got a house in Colorado. I know a lot of so-called experts. They, they're not expert in a lot of things that they need to have a successful business. Finance being one of them, or the ability to bring in capital, because your business is obviously capital intensive. 
It is. Well, any new industry, look at, let's take the auto industry, 1900. There were about 200 car manufacturers. And the, of course, the good, you know, the good ones, the smart ones, the efficient ones, they, they survive and they absorb the, the smaller ones. And then you get, you're left with a few, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the best run businesses are the ones that should survive. And typically that's the way it goes, right, Richard, in any, uh, yeah. in, in any growing yeah, industry. So many people say, well, this is a great business. It's so lucrative, but but Richard's right. I mean, capital. Access to capital, you have no chance. Well, and it's and it's even more than that. It's it's capital is a huge problem, but also you know, I one of my favorite lines about uh, projections and so forth. There's nothing like real numbers to screw up a good story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, I hear so many things about how much money people are going to make and all these things. You know, you've got to build financial models that make sense, that mm-hmm. prepare for the fact that this market will commoditize at some mm-hmm. point and so forth. Right. Then when you go for capital, you can talk to about people on a real business basis, just yeah. like it could be cannabis or it could be, you know, widgets. Hammer, I don't care. Yeah. Right. But mm-hmm. it should be a, a realistic story structure a realistic projection and so mm-hmm. forth and and then you can have that discussion you know i think that's the only way responsible well, the way to do it is projecting i think uh, by 2020 just for the state of california 7.6 billion in revenue but uh, and here's the other thing that, that i like to the point i like to make it, it it's already the largest cash crop in the state of california it's sure. h- how many billion is it and uh, do we know i know it's Nobody really knows because of all the unlicensed illegal right. operations running, but it, I've heard eleven billion, fifteen billion, somewhere <laughs> in that, you know. So there you go. So, and and the other thing is, when Gavin Newsom was in town, uh, who hopefully will be our next governor, uh, his whole thing is decriminalizing it because of the, you know, obviously they've targeted minorities, uh, they filled jails for for this, and uh, and I just think that's wrong. Uh, and we're so hip, you know, we are hypocrites you know, with the alcohol out there and everything else, right? So, well, that's true, Joe. You know, uh, cannabis is a Schedule One narcotic. Let me tell you what a Schedule One narcotic needs to be. It has to meet all three criteria: highly addictive, harmful to the point of lethality, no medicinal benefit. Cannabis meets none of those three criteria. Right. You know, it meets all three: alcohol and tobacco. But they are legislatively exempt from being Isn't scheduled that, under the system. Did you know that, Richard? Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. It was a yeah. very strong lobby. But I know heroin schedule one and cocaine schedule two, which is really yeah. ridiculous. Talk about addictive, right? Exactly. And uh, I hope meth is in schedule one. We're going to do a show later in the year. I honestly think... We do a show on meth? Yes, we are. Oh. Yeah, we are. That'll be fine. Uh, there will be no samples, right? It's horrible. It's <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. I just watched I two... Do- I watched three documentaries on this stuff, and it's destroying this country, and I think that's why Trump got elected. And if we can... Because of meth? If, well, no, because he indicated the, the addiction problem out there. It's oh, not funny, okay. Richard. It's well, not I mean, funny. That's, uh, that's anyway, not why he got elected. Uh, anyway. Well, no, because he's the only one that... T- Remember he said they're bringing their drugs and... and uh, you, well, we, we'll get into it in another show, yeah, but... That was uh, too complicated for most of the people who voted for him, Joe. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> they're not bringing... They're not bringing their best. Let's just put it that way. When you kill seventy thousand people across the border for business and you know, illegal business here, um, anyway, um, that's the other the other uh, stigma that that the cannabis industry has to deal with. You've got a you've got a stoner image that. Uh, I mean, I'm all for the medicinal use. I think there's CBD. There's other things that are not even psychoactive that are in in cannabis that can help people. And obviously, we're getting more and more medical evidence all the time. And it's just frustrating that, you know, with all the research we're doing or not doing, I don't think we're doing enough uh, on cannabis. I think it's starting to happen, but... 
starting to happen slowly. There's a lot of good work at coming out of Israel. Um, they're they're much more progressive on it, but mm-hmm. it is so difficult to even get the right to be able to research it. Dr. David Schubert, um, who's actually been out to our place, uh, he's a scientist at the Salk Institute, and he has shown that in a Petri dish, cannabis can break down the amyloid proteins that cause Alzheimer's. Mm. THC may actually be able to theoretically reverse the effects of Alzheimer's. Mm. But can we study it? Well, hardly. You can't certainly st- can't study it wow. with patients right now. We'll get back with all this uh, cannabis industry experts, uh, Link Fish and Dr. Allison Justice, right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors. Couldn't do this show without them at the top of the list. UBS with Michael Quaranta, UBS Wealth Management. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. We love CPAs so much. We've got two groups of them. Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics, a great CFO company, as well as more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs up in San Marcos, California. Also, our great friend Joel Grushkin, Cost Segregation Initiatives. Lincoln was talking about owning real estate. Well, Cost segregation initiatives helps real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, all this money our sponsors make for you, you can stash it at Mechanics Bank. Great niche market bank serving wealthy families and families in the real estate business. Also, Hub International, great employee benefits firm. Is, is the Affordable Care Act going to stay? Is it going to go as part of tax reform? Who knows? Maybe no more tomorrow than we know today, but if employee benefits and open renewal season are stressing you out, Neil Staley with Hub International also the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs. So the CPA's very best clients. Speaking about great wealth advisors, we have Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and also heads up SeniorSafeAndSound.org here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Also, Geiger Law Office, Brenda Geiger, specializing in asset protection and estate planning. And we also have Michelle St. Clair with Elite Lifestyle Management, a great concierge company, helping people who have no time get things done, whether it's getting a fishing license in Cuba so you can land on a private beach or getting tickets to the best premiere in Hollywood in the last decade. Right, Joe? Absolutely. Michelle St. Clair with Elite mm-hmm. Lifestyle Management can help there. And last but not least, we have a lot of very loyal listeners who actually skipped dinner to listen to our award-winning show. If they're getting hungry, where can they go, Joe? Absolutely. Well, there's a Mich- uh, the Berry Good Food Foundation put on by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac. They have great foodie events throughout the year, great educational uh, events as well. And uh, also there is Lestat's Coffee Houses, the one on Adams Avenue, the one on University Heights, and the new one on University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365. Great people watching, great food, great coffee, and great locations. Um, and all these sponsors, you can find them on the IY Money website, iymoney.com. There's a sponsor tab, a drop-down menu. You can find out uh, all about them. And Richard's been working with uh, many of them with great success for many years, right, Richard? Yeah, decades. <laughs> That's a long time. And thanks to Courtney Holtz, our web administrator, who uh, keep, keeps everything current. There's a great sponsorship media kit there with a lot of good information, a lot of good photos of past guests, a lot of VIPs, Erwin Jacobs, Darlene Shiley, I mean... Uh, George Takei. Yeah, we've got uh, quite Dick Van Dyke. Dick we've Van got Dyke. quite the list, so check it out, folks. Anyway, back to Link Fish and Dr. Allison Justice. Um, what, what concluding thoughts can we... Because I, I want to save some time for Allison, uh, Link, but um, as far as... The city here in the county, I believe they've uh, they've authorized the council has authorized 40 dispensaries for 20 
uh, 18, right? But well, I'm, what they've done, actually, is they've authorized four per city council district, which is a max of 36. However, a number of those districts, literally, there's just no way they'll get a get one or they may have one simply because there are uh, perimeter barriers. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get 1,000 feet from this, 600 Schools, feet from sure. that. So we, yeah. we'll probably end up with about 25, somewhere mm-hmm. around 25 in the city. And the, We're actually going to be opening one ourselves on Sorrento Valley Road mm-hmm. uh, in probably February. Really, that soon? That'll probably be the first one because um, obviously. No, there's actually one. Uh, there are some others. Uh, I mean, there are about 15 open in the city right now. Right. Um, and of course, we have one out in but El those Cajon. Are, but and, those are medical. Those. They're all medical, but they'll convert into. Oh, are they allowed yes, to do that? The the 15 that are already open in the city will be allowed to convert to recreation. Uh-huh. Do you think they they will all convert? I was just curious. Yes, I, I, I think they all will. I mean, it's yeah. Well, sure. It's it's actually it's expanding. You know, now it's it's medical plus, but. Right. Uh, in any case, Dr. Allison Fish, uh, you're the vice president. <laughs> Dr. Allison Justice. Excuse me, Allison Justice. I'm sorry. Uh, my apologies. Um, but you're the um, the VP of cultivation there. Just give us a little bit about your background because I know it's it's pretty distinct, distinguished uh, as far as your education and, and, um, and such. Sure. So um, I was basically born with a green thumb. Uh, my grandparents were farmers. My parents are farmers. Uh, my parents have greenhouses right now. South in Carolina? Or where, where was South Carolina. All right. South Carolina. Um, my parents are looking to grow hemp this coming year. Um, went to Clemson University and got my uh, bachelor's in horticulture. Then went to Penn State for um, agriculture education. Came back to Clemson, wanted to get back into the research, and got my Ph.D. in plant science. Mm. And speaking of hemp, you are, were appointed to the California Industrial Hemp Advisory Board by the governor. Uh, how did you get on to that? Um, so they accepted applications, and uh, I, I submitted my name and was chosen for the board. Congratulations. Um, there's a, yeah, there's 11 seats. Uh, no, I'm so curious, what, what did your family grow historically? Uh, my grandparents grew cotton. Cotton, okay. Not tobacco? Not tobacco, <laughs> okay, no. Good. Yeah, there were only two crops in the South. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. either or. Okay, good guess on, on my part. But... Um, Regarding hemp, now I've talked to some other uh, people in the field, and they think that's going to be even bigger than cannabis, ultimately. Do you agree? you have any opinion on that, either, both of you? I, I, I do think it'll be bigger. What do you, um, what do you think, Link? I think it'll be bigger because CBD uh, is big, but that being said, CBD with a little bit of THC is actually generally considered to be more effective. We don't have enough data to really know for sure, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think that. Uh, but but CBD can be sold everywhere, whereas yeah. you know obviously yeah. cannabis can only be sold through. Well, I would suggest when you get open, if if there is an MD willing to gamble his license and come in and, and work on site with you when customers come in. Because you're going to get people in their 60s and 70s coming for the first time and say, gee, you know, there's so much out here. Can you help me? We actually started doing that in El Cajon with a nurse who is an expert in the endocannabinoid system. Interestingly, though, the city of San Diego does not allow you to have a medical professional on site. What? Really? That is ridiculous. It's because they were trying to avoid the whole business where uh, people would come in and a doctor would just write recommendations on site. So that was their solution. Yeah, but after I, Prop 64, it's going to change, I would hope. I, I, I'm hoping we can revisit that issue. Our city council, I have to say, has been excellent on this issue, and they are very open-minded, and they're very looking very, you know, they, they study each part of it. I, I've been very impressed, actually. Yeah. So I think that will change. I get what they were trying to accomplish or avoid, yeah. but I think it'll change. It's a mood so. issue, hopefully. But anyway, so, Allison, back to, back to your— so, um, Allison, how'd you make your way to the West Coast? Uh, so after grad school, I was doing consulting for pest management for greenhouses. Okay. 
Um, I started doing consulting for cannabis uh, because, you know, same plants, uh, same pests on these plants. I wish Hometown Farms had found you earlier because they had a big facility in, um, in uh, Mass- San Marcos. And pet, they got infested. They were trying to be organic, and mm-hmm. uh, they're gone now, sadly. Uh, but anyway. It's very difficult to grow organically. Yeah. So anyway, I did get a tour of your facility. You, br- you brought uh, a group of us through from the media, and uh, you have to get in there. You have to put the gown on. You have to disinfect your feet and put these little uh, protective uh, plastic boots over Absolutely. your feet. Absolutely. Very high biosecurity. Yeah. That way you're not bringing in insects from outside. Or you know, parasites into or our, anything, right? Right, to our grow rooms. Hmm, interesting. I just saw a factoid that your Christmas tree could have up to 25,000 bugs or insects, but they all stay on the tree. Who the heck knew this? Or some kind of organisms, right? Did you? Oh yeah, I, I will never forget the Christmas where uh, a praying mantis sack <laughs> opened up off our Christmas tree and uh, went all over the house. Oh so yes, God. I. <laughs> <laughs> God, can you imagine in the uh, what's the one in the in, in the south that gets in your boot, your cowboy boots, and stings you? The scorpion. scorpion. Oh my scorpion. gosh. <laughs> Can you mention that's one on your <laughs> But anyway, so you, you've got a challenge there, but uh, how's it going? I mean, you've, you're, you've got a pretty successful operation out there. You're, how many rooms and how many? And, and tell folks because some are yeah, going to be able how to. How big is the location? Um, it's about 2,000 square feet. Yeah. Okay. So let's say uh, a, a customer comes in and they want to they wanna go, go from seed to plant at home, and uh, maybe you'll be able to consult to help them with that as well. The whole process takes how long pretty much? So, so let's, if let's, you, let's go seed okay. to end product. How long? Seed to end product. Well, uh, your seed will need to germinate, so that is about 14-day process. Um, from there, you'll have it in the vegetative state, so that's growing the plant under long days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it's not put into reproduction, so no flowers yet. Mm-hmm. And under that stage, it can grow, you know, how, as big as you want. You can have mm-hmm. a 20-foot tree outside, or you can. Um, wow. you know, have a, a five-inch plant. Huh. And so all of that's controlled by the photo period. Um, so long days. So but by the time you're able to use it, how, how long is like a So d- in general, what, what we do at Alco is 11-day veg period. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it'll be an eight-week flower period. Right. And then we harvest. So two months. and so then Two and a half months. So two and a half months process. It's a very, very fast growing. Okay. And I want to be clear, when, when Allison says 2,000 feet, she means the actual bench space. We're actually in a process. Allison has gone. One of the neat things about Outco, mm-hmm. because we have Allison, we have Dr. Marcus Rogan, who's our, our head of organ, uh, uh, lab operations. We're sci- we're, we have a lot of scientists. Mm-hmm. And so people come to us to run experiments, to test new technologies and so forth. And Allison just completed a very successful series of experiments with one of the biggest LED lighting companies in the uh, in the space to really sure. dial in the lights. Sure. So all of our co- grow rooms right now are converting from single stack to double stack. So we wow. can put that because the LEDs, you can get closer right. to the plants. So we are going from, it's actually about 5,000 feet of grow area, but mm-hmm. the 2,000 feet is actually what's on the benches. That's going to expand to over double that shortly. Mm-hmm. So we'll be expanding uh, nice. just from that. We're also building two cultivations, indoor cultivations in uh, Long Beach. Each of those will be uh, over 10,000 feet. One will probably be 15. The other one will be wow. 12 to 16. Outstanding. Anyway, we have to take our little break right now. We're going to come back with Lincoln Fish CEO and Dr. Allison Justice, VP of Cultivation at Outliers Collective, right after this. All right, we're back with Link Fish CEO and uh, Dr. Allison Justice, VP of Cultivation at Outliers Collective. And as we know, in 2018, uh, cannabis is going to be legal for adult use. 
uh, in your home, and uh, all the same rules apply as far as DUI and everything else, folks. So you know, be aware of that and get educated. But quality control is going to be an issue, and regulation and licensing, obviously. And uh, Dr. Justice, uh, you know, how are people going to be guaranteed that you know the molds, the mildews, the pesticides, etc.? Tell us about those issues uh, and what we need to know. So I'm personally very excited. These regulations are here. Um, prior to January 2018, you know, we've had very little control of, you know, uh, them telling us what we can do and we cannot do. Uh, you could use almost any pesticide you wanted. You could dry it and there'd be molds and E. coli on the plant. Um, and, you know, th there was n not a force there to stop it. So um, 2018, we have a list of rules, pesticides you cannot use. Um, and that's going to affect a lot of growers, uh, especially growers outside that have pesticide residuals in the soil, um, you know, that might have overflow from maybe a vineyard beside them that pesticides are blowing over. And so they're, they're going to be banned uh, from, from growing uh, pesticides, all, all forms of pesticides? Synthetic pesticides, yes. Wow. Yep. Okay. And, and there are limits. Mm -hmm. yep. I'm sure and, that. And how about watering? Is, is overwatering an issue? Overwatering is an issue. Um, you know, there's there's no regulations mm -hmm. for that, at least in San Diego right now. Um, a lot of growers will overwater, and mainly on indoor grows. Okay. Um, they think they need to fertilize and then and flush and flush and flush mm -hmm. when you know it's just not necessary. A lot of waste of water. Care carefully done, we can recapture a hundred percent of the water to irrigate an indoor crop from just the condensation on the, uh, oh, on the AC system and the DHU units. How about wow. that? Well, see, that's why I think the retail and smart people like you are going to do well because I saw some data that, uh, like when you grow at home, it's very energy intensive, right? Uh, so your electric bill is going to go up, right? And uh, it, so it's kind of make more sense to be a consumer and just buy retail, I think. That's actually one of the ways they identify illegal growers is they look for electricity usage spikes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Did not know that, but um, anyway, well, this this is exciting. So get let's get into some of the the medical uses because uh, uh, you're you're probably pretty attuned in that. And uh, now I know UCSD has a marijuana research wing. We like to use the term cannabis. I guess they're using marijuana in their in their nomenclature, but. Have they developed anything that we should know about yet? Are you familiar? Uh, I'm familiar with it. I don't know of. of I don't know that they've what put out it? much yet. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a lot of. They're doing a lot of research. Because I think a part of Prop 64 is uh, a lot of the money that they're going to raise for the state is going to go toward education and, and awareness for 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 kids and, and whatnot, and uh, also uh, the law enforcement aspect of this. Because for alcohol, we know it's .08 is the legal limit uh, with cannabis i don't know if we've made any determination yet on that have we well the biggest problem with cannabis is there's no test right now and it's a huge it's a huge issue because mm -hmm. if you pull somebody over well the nice thing about cannabis of course is if you pull somebody over for, for uh, drunk driving typically they're driving erratically and uh and dangerously you pull somebody over for you know driving who's stoned typically they're driving 45 miles an hour in the right lane and yeah. you know sort of uh, mm -hmm. slowly plodding along mm -hmm. um but uh uh the reality is there's no way to test them right there in the mm -hmm. field right now i mean there are a number of groups trying to figure this out so there are two big issues one is how do you do a quick test other than a blood test to quickly determine in the field is this person uh, Under the inca no. incapacitated, mm -hmm. right? And number two, if you if you determine there's cannabis in their system, if you can even get there, 
how long is it psychoactive? Like, when is it, you yeah. know, because alcohol, it's pretty simple. If it's in there and at a certain level, you know it's having an effect. Mm-hmm. Cannabis is different. You could show up for a couple of weeks and it has absolutely no effect. And then how about all the other intoxicants, whether they're prescription or non-prescription? Do, uh, I guess they have to take a blood test um, and there's other legal uh, hurdles they have to, you can't do that in the field, I don't think. Right, it's too difficult. Yeah. But uh, I guess I've heard that the officer's going to make a judgment call, you know, with, with a field test if they think this person's impaired, and then they'll take him or her in, and um, they'll go from there. So um, so good luck with that, folks, but be careful. <laughs> um, but I honestly do think, I mean, Richard, you've been to any Chargers, well, the, the ex-Chargers, I mean, when the Raiders were here, you know, all kinds of fights and violence <laughs> and whatever. Uh, I would much prefer people... Uh, indulging in cannabis at a football game than, than getting uh, well, look, Char- uh, over... Ra- Raider fans are violent no matter whether they <laughs> drink it or not, Joe. So <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's not well, an issue. I, can, I don't know about that. But I'm just saying, you know, you get people in a... Most of the... A lot of violent crime is alcohol-related, you know, and, and uh, as opposed to cannabis-related, right? We've seen stats that say 70% of domestic violence has is uh, alcohol-related. Uh, typically for cannabis, cannabis alone, sometimes it'll be cannabis and alcohol and that, that'll be in, in there. But frankly, if it's cannabis alone, it's like the, clo- the number's closer to zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally people do not, you know. And they all say the gateway drug. Well, I, th- I, I think the gateway drug is alcohol, you know. And uh, there's, uh, there's zero yeah. evidence. In fact, there's evidence to the contrary that cannabis is any kind of gateway drug at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's so we're we're dealing with well we're going to overcome these these stigmas obviously perhaps whoever thought in our lifetime prop sixty four might would even pass right I mean all these whoever thought the Berlin Wall would come down I never thought did you ever think that Richard you ever thought the Chicago Cubs would win the World Series absolutely absolutely whoever thought the Chargers would leave San Diego I, I did yeah uh, I'm raising my hand painful. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so uh, what's coming in, in 2018? And so when these when these dispensaries open, they're going to have to have the all the quality issues that Allison that you mentioned. Uh, uh, so you know the product you're getting is going to meet certain standards regulated by the state or licensed. Absolutely, by the state. highly regulated, uh, pesticide free. Um, we'll be testing for certain pathogens: um, E. coli, Salmonella, Aspergillus. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, microbes that could be on the bud that you know we haven't worried about up until now that we should worry about because a lot of the fertilizers these organic growers are using mm-hmm. have manure in it well manure contains e coli and can mm-hmm. make people very very sick mm-hmm. um, and so a lot of those practices that growers are using are going to have to change because mm. they'll they'll fail those tests how about you get a grandparent that comes in and says you know my my uh, grandchild uh, has these seizures and her, you know uh, his parents haven't really explored hemp oil or, or CBD yet for, for this, or, or even Parkinson's for that matter. Um, are you going to be able to help people like that or refer them somewhere? Or We already do. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, you do, you do say you have a nurse on Because, I mean, the- we don't have a nurse on staff currently. We started that program, but there were some issues with the county on that and so forth. But, yeah. the, but the bottom line, is we have people, that same nurse, mm-hmm. uh, her name is Dr. Elizabeth Mack. We actually refer when we have people who are really... Have have serious chronic issues yeah. and they're looking for some help in that respect. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll refer them to her because uh, I mean obviously the choices are limitless out there. So you have to figure out you know what's best for you or for medical use or uh, whether it's anxiety or insomnia or whatever. Right. right. And um, so I mean that's that's people need to get educated about this, and yeah. I think that's the next big the next big hurdle: awareness and education. Right. So I hope uh, something's somebody's helping with that. 
Well, I know you're both members of the Association of Cannabis Professionals, and uh, which is a good organization. Right? Excellent organization. Um, is there? I I don't think there's anybody else in the state uh, that's really doing their kind of advocacy work that they're doing. Uh, there are there... other groups. There's uh, the uh, NCIA, National Cannabis in- Industry Association. There's Americans for Safe Access, and so forth. I have to say. Um, the uh, and Women Grow is a phenomenal organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, they're part of that event uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're you know they're all strong organizations. They do different things. ACP is definitely heavily involved on the lobbying side. Mm-hmm. NCIA is as mm-hmm. well. Um, but uh, locally, are both the you know the Women Grow chapter and the uh, and the uh, ACP are just very very strong groups. Right now, San Diego has about eighteen city councils, uh, eighteen cities and different city councils in the whole region. Some have already opted out, right? Uh, a couple have, right? Some have. Understand that a lot of places that opted out did so because they didn't want to cede their authority to the state because right. the state rules. If you don't put any sort of ban or regulation in place, then the state rules apply. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them did it just so that they can retain the right to write their own yeah. ordinance. Plus, plus, Prop 64 allowed for that. So that was good thinking on there. But we're not forcing yeah. this down your throat if you're, right. if you're city council. If you want to put rules on top of it, you can. But I think the city council here, San Diego City Council, and uh, I think it was at, uh, is it Lemon Grove? Lemon Grove and La Mesa. La Mesa yeah. have all approved. And, and there are others that are looking at it. Oceanside's looking at it. Imperial Beach is looking at it. It, so when, so when I think the $7.6 is going to get people's attention, and they, they think nationwide over $20 billion by 2021. But and, Lincoln, do you think all 50 states will, will legalize marijuana, or do you think there will be some holdouts this time? I, I think what will happen is, you know, Richard, it, the, the funniest thing, like years ago, Ohio started to do uh, yeah. recreational and medical at the same right. time, and it failed. you gotta let you got to walk before you can run. Yeah. Sure. Um, anyway, but yes, I think they will. Unfortunately, we, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have to run right now. Though we are out of time. But uh, are, Link Fish, thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Allison Justice from Outliers uh, Collective, thank you very much. Richard Miesel, great seeing you. Justin Harder, board operating. Thanks for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanking, Dave Sniff here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.